This sermon was recorded Sunday, July 5th, 2020. Pastor Bobby Wood goes through the book of Jude on how we can see success contending for the faith and making a difference, only if we allow the Spirit to do His work. We're going to go to a place, I bet you haven't been in a long time, neither have I. And so I, if you have your Bible with you, I'd like to invite you to a little book in the Bible, one chapter called the book of Jude. It's uh, next to the last book in the Bible before you get to Revelation. The book of Jude. Uh, even though it's small, it packs a very, very powerful punch. And the Lord just really impressed this upon me, and I just couldn't get away from it. And so we're just going to try to obey the Lord. Amen. Jude was actually a half-brother to Jesus. And um, his little book, as I said, even though it has 25 verses in it, it's, it's just totally, totally saturated with, with the Spirit, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. I want to read verses 17 through 25, okay? Jude 17 through 25. If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. But, beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, Sensual meaning earthly minded, worldly minded. Having not the Spirit, capital S. Now that is a very, very important phrase that you need to put parenthesis around. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, have compassion, making a difference. Others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And we sang about that. What a day that will be. To the only wise God, our Savior, the glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever, and we say amen to that. Amen to that. I want to go back up to verse 22, and the burden on my heart is this little phrase. I thought about using an acronym and titling my message, I'm mad. <laughs> and using mad as an acronym, you know, M-A-D, making a difference. You know, um, I'm sure every one of us in this room could write a few names down of people 
that came into our life when we were either young or old who really made a difference for us. It was just something about them that they influenced us for the Lord. And, and, and God just used them to make a difference in our life. And you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about my own life. And, and I just don't want to be a person that lives in the past of maybe the good things that God has done in my life and I could just count my blessings and thank him. But I have to ask myself, am I making a difference in my generation now? Now, brothers and sisters, I don't think we just want to sort of sail through life and get to heaven someday. But Jude is exhorting us how in the darkest, worst times you could ever imagine that it is our responsibility and privilege and honor to make a difference. I mean, is anybody you work with, if you work at that place for one year, five years, ten years, is there anybody around you that because God put you there, you made a difference in their life? Because I don't know how you feel about it. But if I'm not making a difference for the glory of God in my generation, I'm serious. What good am I? Amen. Amen. I don't believe there's no neutrality. Jesus said you're for me or you're against me. And we're either, we, we're either advancing the kingdom of God by our life. Or we're hindering the kingdom of God. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to be more than what you are. And I want to show you how to do that by the word of God. Because I want you and me to make an impact. Whether you're a grandparent or, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't want to spend time on all the, the, the people that we can influence. But I want to tell you, I'm going to show you how this can happen and you gotta you gotta get the thrust of what is in my heart okay now i want to go back for just a second here at uh, verse three and i, I want to just uh, get you to what's going on in jude's heart okay wow there's so much i want to say y'all y'all just y'all just help pray for me amen that i'll just say it right and say it clear and say it in less than an hour and a half, okay? Is that we in agreement on that? Amen, amen. Now, Jude, he says in verse 3 here, he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. So Jude, you know, from his heart, he was going to write of this great theme about being saved, which is a wonderful theme, Amen. But the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of him, and he says, But it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The word contend, we, we get a word, if you've ever heard of the word agony or agonize or struggle. And so here's Jude, and he's wanting to write, uh, write this great thing about being saved. And the Holy Spirit says, no, Jude. He says, I want you to exhort my people to get into the fight, the good fight of faith. And I want you to encourage them and exhort them to earnestly 
put all their heart and soul into this fight, this good fight of faith, and hold on and hold strong to the faith that's been handed down to us once and for all, once delivered. Listen, we don't need anything new. We don't need anything new. God has given us everything that we need right here in his wonderful book. He's given us a faith, a faith in Jesus Christ as the way to heaven, a faith to believe in, a faith to live by. And listen to me, friend, listen to me. It is our job not to give up, not to get tired, not to grow weary in doing well, not to throw in the towel and surrender to all the pressures that's coming in our culture, but to earnestly stand and get clothed in the armor of God and keep on keeping on. Mamas and daddies, keep taking your kids to church. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep praying. There's no reason, excuse ever to quit. You'll never, ever, ever produce one decent reason to quit. And if you think you can concoct one, I'll come back to you very, very quickly and tell you Jesus never quit on you. Amen. And let me tell you, if you've got a precious little one that might reach the age of accountability sooner than later, depending on how Jesus tarries, then you got a reason to fight. Amen. you got a reason to stand on the Word of God. That's what the Spirit is saying to us today. And I want to show you from the Word of God how to do that. I want to go back, and for time's sake, I want to pick up at verse number 19. I just don't want to tick, tickle your feet Touch your emotions. I want to give you something just good and strong today. Jude, after verse 3, he picks up in verse 5 all the way through pretty much verse, you know, the uh, first half of 19. And Jude lays out, now remember, the Spirit's driving him. And he lays out this graphic picture of the world that he's living in and that's going to happen before Jesus comes. Okay? And it's all summed up under one word. Jude, now listen, don't leave me here. Jude is writing concerning apostasy. Now, I know that word apostasy may sound like a big word, but let me just explain it, okay? It's a Bible word. For example, the word apostasy is used in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 when the Spirit says, in the last days there would be a great falling away. How many of you have heard that? Amen. The word falling away is apostasy. And so the Spirit says, you know, many would depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and teachings of demons and all these crazy things that's going in our world, things that used to be called wrong but are now right. And this falling away would not just necessarily mean people would quit going to church, but it means overall in a general way an apostasy would come. And he even uses phrases like men would mock the church and make fun of the Bible. Things that we hold dear. Things that we've held in reverence. 
things that our nation was built upon, men and women would begin to demean and belittle and look at those things as irrelevant to their life. Do you think this book is relevant to most people today? I would love to be able up here and be a nice guy and say, you know, the world still respects the Bible. That ain't true, is it? I would even like to say, should I say it? Can I say it? Why am I asking you for permission? I haven't yet, and I'm not starting now. But there's churches that don't even go by this. I mean, if great-great-grandpa said it, who cares what the Bible says? But I want to tell you something. The reason I'm saying this this morning, friends, is, I, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, you know and I know the craziness of our world today, period. Okay? Now, here's a phrase I want you to get with me. Now, I want you to catch this. The one identifying marker above all others that separates, now listen carefully, that separates a true Christian from a hypocrite. The one true identity marker above all others that separates God's people from the devil's people is the mark of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Man, I just feel I need to just take a second and relax and, and I want and teach you. Not that that's a demeaning thing. I just feel like I need to do it because this needs to be so clear because we're living in a day the Holy Spirit isn't even known. Even amongst God's people, there's Christians that never talk to Him and He's their God. Okay? He's not some energy. He's not some thing out here in the air. The Holy Spirit is God. He feels. He can be quenched. He can be grieved. He can be hurt. He can be wounded. He can be resisted. But he's got enough power to change the world. Amen. Let me put it to you this way to make it clear. No greater man ever lived than Jesus Christ, right? right? We're all in agreement on that. He was sinless. He was born of a virgin. He was the sinless son of God. But can I say with humble reverence and saying it because Jesus said it, Jesus literally said, I'm just a man. I'm God in the flesh, but I'm a man, and I can't do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Why do you think Jesus, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove and empowered him for ministry? And let me tell you, Patricia, when the Lord Jesus Christ says, I cannot do effective ministry apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, who in the world are we to think that we can put together a church building and church stuff and dress like church people and have any more power? We're nothing until we're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Look at the disciples bumbling around. Tripping, stumbling, fussing, arguing, jealousy matches. Even while they're walking with Jesus, watching him do all these miracles, they're fussing who's going to sit beside him in heaven. I will. No, I will. Peter says these other guys would deny him. I wouldn't. These are guys that have walked with and been taught by the Son of God. They've been in the greatest seminary you could imagine. 
But they were nothing until Pentecost. Amen. And the Holy Spirit descended upon them, cloven tongues like a fire. And you know what was said about them in Acts 17, 6? It was said, they turn the world upside down. Amen. And I want to tell you, I want to remind you this morning, friends, I am so grateful. And I, I, I rejoice and weep. I rejoice and weep. I rejoice when I look back and, and I've seen people get in the Spirit. I've heard people pray in the Spirit. I've heard men preach in the Spirit. I've heard people testify in the Spirit. And you know when it's there, buddy. I'm telling you, 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 you can't explain it. You can't put your finger on it. But you just know God is on that bush. Amen. Man, that the glory of God and let me tell you something friend if you've ever had your cup running over and you've ever had the tears flowing over hands raising and God Almighty has just filled you up you know what I'm talking about and I'm going to tell you I rejoice over that but I grieve today I grieve because I feel like we're living in times when the Holy Spirit is all put to the side he, listen come on we don't want him to show up and mess up our agenda our program change our songs, change our service. No, I wouldn't have God if we don't have an outpouring of the Spirit of God. America's going to hell so fast you can't stop her. I'm telling you friends, we've got to have an outpouring of the Spirit of the living God on our churches, on our homes, on our lives and empower us to be the people of God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you church, I hope you feel this like I do. It ain't working. I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm not. I mean, the Bible gives so much hope, it's just amazing. But I'm here to tell you, what we're doing ain't working. And I want to tell you, God ain't changed. God's not on vacation. He's still who He is, same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm going to tell you, don't you let the devil talk you out of victory. Don't you let the enemy make your mountain so big. Let me tell you, with God, nothing's impossible. Amen. Little Mary, I would have been just like little Mary, 13, probably 13 years old. She's never been, you know, had intercourse with a man. And, and, and an angel comes and says, guess what? You're going to have a baby. A baby boy. You're not just going to have a baby boy. You're going to have a baby boy who is the Son of God. Amen. And I would have been just like Mary. I would have just naturally looked at the angel just like she did and said, um, uh, I've never been with a man. How are we going to do this? You know what I look and you and I look into in this world today and all the troubles and the mountains and the darkness that surrounds me and somehow how are we going to get through it? And the same response when the angel looked at Mary in Luke one thirty seven, he says, little Mary... The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and with God, nothing's impossible. Amen. And I want to tell you, friend, all my Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father has to do is say the Word, pour out His Spirit. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me put it down to just where we live. I look at our little girls and boys in this room. Is that Tate preaching with me? Tate's preaching. He's our preacher boy. He's coming along right behind me. Let me tell you something. Listen. It's impossible for them to be saved and go to heaven without the Holy Spirit getting hold of them. Amen. That's why we need it. Amen. Okay. Are y'all still with me? Let me let me let me let me put something in your mind to think about this. Okay. There's three levels of life. Just three. 
The first one is, as Jude says, not having the Spirit. Okay? If you're, if you're sitting here today or anybody outside this room, listen, that does not have the Holy Spirit inside of them, they are biblically unsaved and lost and still in their sins. Romans 8 9, if any man hath not the Spirit, he does not belong to Christ. See, the very, as I said, the identity marker, when you get saved, when you put your faith in Christ, God seals you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he comes to be, and you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And him inside of you is the guarantee and the down payment that you're going to get the rest at the end of the day. So anybody, are y'all with me? Anybody that does not have, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, mm. it's an odd question. It was asked in the New Testament, and I wonder what we would say if it was asked us. But a common question when the early church on the day of Pentecost, a common question was, did you receive the Holy Spirit? You know, and it's okay. We ask people, have you, have you been saved? Did you get saved? And so on, which is okay. But if you ask your average person who goes to church, hey, did you get the Holy Spirit? They would be like, what are you talking about? And you know, we've entered a day. I quit, you know, I ask people two questions. I used to just ask people one. When I was tried to be a soul winner and witness to people and point them to Christ, I would say, have you ever been saved? And when you, now when you know 98% of the people you ask that say, yeah, then, then you start asking the second question, how'd you get saved? Because what we, what's happened today, and I'm not going into that. Y'all have heard me preach enough. There's a lot of preachers talking people into it, manipulating people. A, B, C, repeat after me. And you know what? I'm thankful. You know, I thank God. And I, I'm no better than anybody else. I, I got saved the Bible way. Did you get saved the Bible way? Amen. Amen. I know when I trusted Christ, nobody had to come by and say, Bobby, get up. Tell it. You got it. No. I tell you, I knew when the Holy Spirit came in. I knew it. I felt it. Is that, is that okay if I use that word? I felt the Spirit of God come into me. You say, how'd you feel, Bobby? Well, I'll tell you how I felt. I had a joy that was unspeakable and full of glory. I had a peace that passed all understanding. It just calmed my soul, and the burden was gone. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love people. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's all I'm saying this morning. If you don't have the Spirit, you're lost. Here's the second level, and i got to hurry. The second level is what I just preached. I have the Spirit. I put my faith in Christ. And you see, once you trust Jesus, the Holy Spirit seals that. He don't seal baptism. You see, I've been baptized. The Holy Spirit don't seal that. He don't move. You say, well, I did this, I did that, I did this. The only thing the Holy Spirit will seal, according to Ephesians 1.13, is when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit says, you did it. That's what God wanted. And he seals that. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. Amen. Here's a third level of belief. The first level is you don't have the Spirit, you're lost. The second level is you have the Spirit, but you are still the boss of your life. The Bible calls it a carnal Christian. 
It's a person who's saved, but they look like the world, talk like the world, use the language of the world, and nobody can really tell if they're saved. The third level of living is, is where we got to be, is the Spirit has us. Amen. Are y'all with me on that? Yep. And I want to say this from the, the most humble way that I could even get out of my heart. It's me and you that are in this building right now, my brothers and sisters in Christ that have the Spirit. How do I say this? Me and you are really useless until the Spirit has us. You remember what I said about Jesus, the Son of God? And so I guess if anything this week, which would be a wonderful week for us all week to just think about and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit of the living God. I feel right now, I, I can't express what I feel in my heart on how dependent I am and you are on the Spirit. I think of my son. I think of all these young ministers. And I'm going to tell you that the things, and you write these down. Here's what I'm going to close with. I, got, I want you to write them down. Mark them in your Bible. Write them down. The first one I think is in verse 14. The only way we're going to counter and overcome the culture and win our kids and grandkids to the Lord is we have to have a revival of Holy Ghost preaching. Amen. In verse 14, Jude exemplifies that and amplifies it by bringing about a guy who lived in horrible times. Enoch lived in dark days just like us. Bad days in Enoch's day. It was horrible. But Enoch walked with God. And Jude says, you can too. You can too. Because God ain't limited by darkness. God ain't limited by culture. God is God. Hallelujah. He walks on the water. He don't sink underwater. He walks on it. And you know what we gotta have? And not my heart. I just I just I just I just bless God. I don't I just I just love him this morning. I didn't even know Billy, Billy, everything I've I've, I've had in ministry, I was so green. I was so ignorant. Nobody taught me ministry. Nobody mentor, mentored me. There's times I look back and, I, and I'll tell you, I've been the greatest failure in pastoral ministry of any preacher that I know. I stink at pastoring. But I had a fire in my bones. Amen. And I didn't know. I knew God was calling me. And I, and I, I didn't realize what I was going to face. And, 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 and men putting their finger in my face and cussing me and mad at me because I was just preaching the truth. Amen. I never had an enemy till I got into ministry. I've had trash written on Facebook about me. I've received letters in the mail that you don't know how hateful they are. And I'll be the first guy to tell you that I was so far from a perfect pastor. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm so glad. You know why I'm standing here today? You know why I'm standing here? 
Because in 1983, God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And everything that I've accomplished, whether little or big, I don't matter. It has been accomplished not by me because I'm a little nobody that barely made it through high school. But all the glory belongs to the Spirit of the living God. Amen. And it ain't just with this preacher. It's with you. The best you've ever accomplished in life was when you were close to God, walking with the Lord. That's what people need to see. Are you hearing me, church? People are logging. Listen, we got churches a dime a dozen. We got them popping up on every street corner. We got enough Christians to sink a ship. We need some Christians that are full of Jesus. Look like Him. Talk like Him. Walk like Him. Who have just something emanating from their life that's just influential and it has the dynamic. Do you know, Chaz? I want to tell you, brother, you just got saved. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Stay submissive and yielded to Him. He'll make you a powerhouse. He'll take your little bitty life and He'll make you a giant for the glory of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I tell these preachers as well as my son, the first thing you do is you just say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And you say, Brother Bobby, you know, here's the way I like to say it, and I'm just down to earth as you'll get out, and you know that. It ain't no different from when the little child says, Mommy, how will I know when I'm lost? And Mommy says, you'll know. <laughs> and then when they get lost... And they get asking questions. Mommy, how will I know when I when I get saved? Oh, you'll know. Brother Bobby, how will I know that I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Are you the Christian you want to be? Are you the Christian you want to be? If you're answering yes, then you just... You just quit bringing vessels to God and the oil quit coming. But if you'll get honest with this preacher and quit telling everybody, I, I've been, listen, I've been in this for 30 some years and every time somebody says, how's your church doing? Glory to God, we're tearing the world upside down and they're fussing, can't get along, they ain't got a bit of power. <laughs> but boy, it's a pride thing. Now you ain't, no, 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 no. It's the same way with me and you. I'm going to tell you something. I'll be the first guy to get on this altar with you. Because it's been a long time since anybody's been saved under my preaching. A long time. Verse number 20. I feel helpless, Jim. I've never been the guy, y'all pardon me. Y'all just pardon me, please. I've never been good at faking something. I just ain't good at it. I guess if I was good at it, I could get a lot more than what I got. But I'm not good at faking it. 
I'm not good at talking a kid into something they don't even know or feel baptizing them and telling all my fellow church, oh, we had that by saved. I'm not good at that. I love coming to church. I love being with you all. You don't know how much I love it, but I'm not good at formality. I'm not good at just going through routines. I need to experience the Lord. Amen. And that's what the Spirit of God does. And man, if he moves in and shuts me up and moves on you, on, you got hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all are being so nice today. I'm just pouring out my heart. Because I'm 56 years old. If the Lord lets me live to, to a little longer, hallelujah. But what has burned my heart, I, it ain't about me anymore. I don't care. What happens to me, my times are in the hands of the Lord. If I get COVID-19, if I get cancer, if I die in a car wreck, I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to heaven when I die. The burden of my heart is our sons and daughters. Amen. They need to go to a church where they feel God. Amen. Amen. They need to see what some of us had the privilege of seeing when we were young. Amen. And that's why I beg the Father to pour out His Spirit because I know I don't have any power and new life doesn't have any power. We're absolutely nothing without the glory of God. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm tired of faking it. I had a couple that come to my church and she was a nurse and she said, Brother Bobby, I have the gift of healing. And I said, what a blessing that would be to my people. And years ago, Brother Evan, I would have cut her off right like that. But I didn't have enough decency and Bible knowledge and heart to give her a chance. Because I believe God heals. Amen. And I talked to her on the phone and I quoted to her two verses in the Bible. She said, Brother Bobby, I can be a blessing to your church. I lay hands on people and in this power of the Spirit... God uses me to heal them. I said, well, I'll turn you loose. And I quoted her two verses. Those two verses are in Thessalonians back to back. And the first verse says, do not despise the gifts and miracles of God. Amen. And I told her, I said, sister, I'm not going to be little or talk down. If you have the gift of healing, glory to God, glory to God. But then I quoted her the next verse. The next verse said, but prove all things. And I told her, I said, Sister, I'm going to turn you loose. I got some people in my church. I did Ray Elmore. Y'all remember Brother Ray? Prayed and prayed and prayed for him. And I told her, I said, I'm just going to have to watch you. I said, if it's of the Spirit, hallelujah, you ain't going to find a preacher. I'll turn you loose. And I did. And I don't know, it was Ray and a couple other people. And she laid hands on them. And nobody got healed. I laid hands on a on a preacher back way back when I was going to Core Hill when they used to have the power of the Holy Ghost. We laid hands on a preacher that got diagnosed with cancer in his neck and we anointed him with oil and we prayed over him and he's preaching today. Amen. Yeah. So I believe in God's healing power. Amen. 
But this woman laid her hands, and then when nobody got ill, she had the stupidity and arrogancy to say they didn't have enough faith. What I'm trying to say this morning, church, is I'm just, we're not good at phony baloney. I mean, I mean, don't stand up and tell me God's working in you. When God's working in your life, there will be power. Amen. There will be difference. Am I right, church? Am I asking for too much? Am I being too old-fashioned today? Am I being out of date? I'm just saying God is real. And let's quit putting God's name on a lot of stuff that ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. Ain't got no power on it. I want to tell you something. My God is bigger than formalism. He's not a dead God. He's a God that rolls a stone away, comes out. He's a guy that takes a woman named Mary full of demons and cleanses her and makes her one of the most worshiping women you'll ever meet. He's a guy who can, you know him. You know him. You know him. And I'll tell I just love to see him. I'm tired of talking about Jesus and would love to experience Amen. Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah. You remember what Jesus said when John the Baptist got him put in jail and he's fixing to cut his head off and he asked this guy and he said, listen, he said, go ask him if he's the guy. John struggled. You would too. You know what Jesus sent back and said? He didn't say, tell John I've built this big church. Tell John we've adopted this new creed and here's what we believe. You know what he sent back? He said, tell John. Crippled people are walking. Blind people are seeing. Demons are running. Mm -hmm. What do I have to tell? Oh, I'm a Baptist? Methodist? Are you really the church? Yeah, here's what we believe and here's what we do. What's that? Mormons can do that. I just want God to move so I can say, well, the Lord saved somebody. Oh, y'all have been so good to just let an old country preacher just pour out his heart. And I'm going to stop here. Because Jude says not only we need some Holy Ghost preaching, and I'm, just not, I'm not just talking from the pulpit. I'm talking to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't you get, let me tell you something, the Holy Ghost will make you bold. Amen. He won't make you rude. He'll make you bold. Amen. And when you're sitting at work and the Spirit of God just puts that little nug and says, uh, witness to them. Ask them if they're saved. Ask them if they go to church. Just ask them if they got a need in their life. You believe in prayer. You see, when you're chicken, you're you. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your little David says, where is he? Praying in the Spirit. This is how we're going to close. You know, everybody in this room, if you're saved, say amen. amen. Do you understand, just to remind you, that somebody, somebody who may be in glory, who may be gone, somebody 
the Spirit got a hold of them and said, pray for Sharon. Pray for Richard. The Spirit of God got somebody. And they began to pray in the Spirit. And I want to tell you something. I hope that flow of the Spirit is sustained in this journey. You see, and there's, there's, I could, pre- and I may preach, I don't know, am I preaching next Sunday, Ben? I think so. And I may preach part two. What is it to pray in the Holy Spirit? But I will tell you this. Here's one of the surest signs, and I, there's, there's various signs, and we might preach them, but here's one. Okay? You don't have to be at home somewhere on your knees. But a spirit of prayer is, is in you. Yeah. And you're driving down the road. You, I do it, Ben and Whitney. Man, I think about these two in my spirit. I may, I may be going through lows, and for some reason, I just you, just, you all understand what I'm saying. Amen. You're, you're, you're not in a posture. It's, it's in you. It's in mm, mm. Would you all do me just a big favor? And I know, and, and if you're uncomfortable with it, listen, that's okay, and don't do it because I'm asking you, but I just, I, I haven't done this a long time. I just feel like we need to just, you can stand where you're at, but in, if you want to come and stand in church, I just want us to pray for the Spirit of God. And, and I just, right now, I want you to bow your head with me. I want you to bow your head. Now, here's what we want to do. I want you to take just this quiet moment, and I want to let the Lord just, you all be still. And let the Holy Spirit put somebody in your mind. Let let the Spirit put somebody on your heart that just either they need to be saved or they're saved and they need to be full of the Spirit. This is what you need to pray over them. You need to pray the Spirit of God on them. Because you know what? In their struggle, whether it's an addiction or a past sin or something they're going through right now, they're they're helpless. The devil's overwhelming them, and and he's lying. And and but but the spirit of God breaks chains. Oh, I just I feel in my heart. I want to share this with somebody. As your head is bowed, somebody needs this for from the Lord. Right now, where you're at in your life, it's dark. You've never been here. You don't want to be here. This is not where you want to be. Something's happening to you. And my word to you is get close as you can to the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you through this to the other side. Glory to God. That that just... mm. If you have a grandchild, a nephew, a niece, remember, they're blind, they're lame, they're deaf. But this is what Jesus specializes in. Y'all know the devil's raging, the apostasy we see. Christian parents are facing some of the most difficult times in their life. But church... We don't come with gloom. We come and we know that God is able. He's able. And we have to believe that. 
We have to believe it. I was telling Ben and another young minister the other day, God convicted me of something a few years ago. Is I felt like all my preaching was failing. And I'd preach and feel like, boy, I messed that up. And one day, David, the Lord got a hold of me. He said, Bobby, my word will not return unto me void. How come you preach it, but you don't believe it? He said, preach it in faith. Amen. You preach it and let me have it, and I'll do things with it. But you're hindering me if you preach it and don't believe. It's no different from praying for somebody, but getting up off your feet thinking, well, I don't know. Let's bow our heads and just thank you for listening to this sermon from new life ministry we pray that god has spoken to you through it for more about new life ministry including other sermons videos and service times please visit our website at www.nlmky.org